Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze and interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. This is Aaron. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com, and you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, we're heading back to Sundance once again, because Sundance is the gift that keeps on giving everyone. Thank, <laughs> thank goodness in this pandemic. Uh, we are talking with the director of the film Tesla, which comes out this Friday, uh, streaming wherever you stream. Uh, his name's Michael Almereda, and it was really pleasant chat with him first thing in the morning in, in uh, Park City, Utah. And we'll talk more after you hear this interview, and we'll see you on the other side. I'm your host, John Wildman. With me are my co-hosts from Bitch Talk, Aaron Lim and Angela Tabora. And this segment, we're going to talk about the Sundance film, Tesla. We have the director, Michael Amrita, here. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you. All right, we always start the segment by having our filmmaker introduce our audience to the film. So tell us about Tesla. The film has an odd genesis because as I face it down here on the, on the eve of the premiere, I have to realize or admit to myself that it's a kind of miracle that it got made. It's the first screenplay I ever wrote. It's Mm. from the first screenplay. And it was optioned in 1983 for a great Polish director named Jerzy Skolomowski, who's still alive. And um, the financing fell through, even though it was flown to London to work with him, and I was more or less a kid. The financing fell through, and that movie was never made, but the script languished and, and... Recently, I had another film here about three years ago, and the producer of that film asked if I had anything in the back drawer. And when he read the script, his name's Uri Singer. He likes to hear his name. <laughs> uh, he, um, he read the script and felt that this was time to tell that story about Nikola Tesla. And in the intervening years, a lot has been written about Tesla. The awareness of Tesla has been heightened at least a bit away from when it, what it was decades ago. And I revised the script extensively, but there's still big chunks of it that were written by a 20-year-old. So, um, <laughs> so it's a strange combination of things that have gone into making the movie a reality, and and I'm very happy that it's premiering here. Well, you know, and, and this happens, you know, f- frequently with uh, uh, filmmakers and screenwriters, where um, you know uh, a script that you know that they've had in you know in the file cabinet for a while. Um, finally gets the light of day, and then you do have to update it, you know, and, and, that, and, and it's regardless of, whether, of the timeliness of it, sometimes it's simply that you, as you're saying, you've matured as a writer, you've matured as a filmmaker, and now you're looking at it with new eyes going, you know something, let me rework some things. Uh, how was that process for you? I mean, was, was it, uh, you know, was it a, an, an enjoyable experience? Were there difficulties? Well, I, I like writing, and I like and it's very compelling material. The more you read about Tesla, the more amazing his life and his times appear. And there are all these people who he was working with or surrounded by. So it was a it was a fun challenge and also a, a sort of prism. What you say, you, the world has changed and I had changed. And it's not just the perception or knowledge of Tesla that's changed. So in the intervening years, I'd seen a few movies 
by Derek Jarman and read a few novels by Henry James and watched a few episodes of Drunk History. <laughs> <laughs> Just a few? <laughs> and all of those things have a pretty conspicuous influence on the movie. Yeah, there's something to be said about having having this project, having the patience, waiting, and it's all about timing, right? Mm -hmm. So can you talk about why right now is probably the best time for a film like this to come out for us to hear about his story and his innovative ideas? It feels like a good time. The, the obvious conspicuous fact is that there's a company with Tesla's name mm -hmm. and, yeah. um, and people may be disappointed that this movie isn't about electric cars and space rockets but it does have <laughs> some relationship to a visionary sensibility to, uh, to uh, the point we're at now where we're confused about the allure of technology, the possibilities and also the way that forces of greed and um, that the, there's a technology can be both liberating and restrictive and that's part of Tesla's story. There were great titanic struggles between power moguls at the time, and J.P. Mm. Morgan's kind of at the center of this story, too. His daughter narrates the story, Anne Morgan. That was the biggest change I made in the script that I'd written mm. long ago, and, and, and reapproaching the material was to try to find another way in, and to have a young woman who existed and was friends with Tesla, and they were kind of doing a courtship dance that didn't go anywhere. But her father did end up financing Tesla towards the end, towards the end of his most fruitful period. And and the ambiguity of that relationship or the imbalance of it, the way they needed each other and then the way Morgan dropped Tesla, it's very powerful stuff dramatically. So all these things do channel into the moment we're in now where where we're aware that we have resources but we also feel that they're either not fully used or that they're used badly. Mm -hmm. yeah. And can you talk about um, the stellar cast that was put together? Cast. Yeah, I'm glad you think they're stellar. Oh. I do too. Yeah, I um, do. Ethan Hawke is an old friend, and we were here 20 years ago with a version of Hamlet, and mm. um, and he he was ripe for the challenge, and mm. he's he's not Serbo-Croatian, but he I thought he could mm. could um, embody some of these aspects of Tesla that are hard to embody, and he took it and ran with it. Kyle McLaughlin was also here with us 20 years ago playing Claudius to Ethan's Hamlet, and he, mm. he, he, to me, he felt like the absolute best Edison I could find. He has that all-American quality, and he's, he's got depth and charm, and, um, and in my mind, Edison wasn't a villain. There's a lot of current kind of um, mostly... I, I think it's more like accumulated rumors that Edison was more of a pirate than an inventor, and I don't agree with that. Hmm. And and his relationship with Tesla was actually more of a, it wasn't really a rivalry. That you, that word is often used, and it's a convenient word, but it reduces what, they had a lot of respect for each other. But Tesla was younger. He went to work for Edison. He arrived off the boat, got a job at Edison Machine Works, and Edison was the most famous scientific man in the country and his wife had just died mm -hmm. so the chance of them becoming fast friends and collaborators barely existed and it didn't mm -hmm. work out that way but a lot of people have intuited or or surmised that they were th i think there w was a kind of petty rivalry emotionally in some some ways because they did they did go different directions but they were also full of respect for each other. But this movie has that as a writing tension throughout the, between those two. But to get back to the cast, Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> Jim Gaffigan is in my last movie, or t um, two movies back, and he's great. And whenever I can have him around, I'd like to have him around. And Eve Hewson was, I got lucky, I think, because I had met her. Actually, I hadn't met her. I'd been on the set of The Nick, the Steven Soderbergh show that she was in. And so I'd seen her. 
at close hand, and I'd watch the show, and Stephen helped me get the script to her. And she's just a remarkable actress, and she took took this and ran with it. Mm. I want to, uh, to to go even deeper into the working relationship between you and Ethan, mm-hmm. uh, because you know Ethan has uh, has built a reputation as uh, you know someone who really uh, chooses very well. Uh, you know, I think his projects. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, and uh, you know, and, and in terms of uh, the, the filmmakers he works with, the the, uh, the projects he works with, and and I think you know. When you have a filmmaker like yourself that that has someone like Ethan to team up with, and obviously um, now you've you've made a couple films, uh, there has to be like a shorthand between you know as as far as how you know what your guys' ambitions are to to what you get on screen. Uh, talk about that working relationship and how you guys communicate together. It's not that much shorthand because Ethan really likes to talk. He's actually very. <laughs> extremely good at talking <laughs> so, so I don't have to read his mind much and he's he makes himself clear and but we have known each other a long time and it what what means a lot is just his good faith his trust his ambition in the broadest and deepest sense he wants to make work that's meaningful and that doesn't mean he has no sense of humor either he, he's got a great team spirit he makes everyone around feel part of something ex- exciting and so I, I wouldn't call it. A, there's, there's not really much shorthand, though. But you, when you when you get Ethan involved, he's fully involved. I love the idea of uh, this story being told through the perspective of Anne Morgan. Can you can you talk about your process in writing this from the female perspective and, and what kind of special insight it gives us into Tesla's life? It's a good question, and it's almost overwhelming because it it really did inform the nature of the film, the character of the film, and also the playfulness of the film. Because I didn't mention drunk history globally. There's, there's, a, there's a quality of her narrating from the future, so that there's a kind of shift in time that happens often. She's, she's, she's often referring to things that haven't happened yet. And there are anachronistic strands that weave in and out regarding music and little visual c- clues. So that might throw some people off balance, but it didn't make sense to make a conventional movie about a very unconventional inventor. Mm-hmm. And she, but also it's about, it's about the emotional center because as I got more involved in doing this, I, I realized as I, I think grew up a little, that Tesla as a Superman didn't interest me a lot. The, the, mm-hmm. the first book I read about him and the kind of fundamental book that everyone has to lean on is called Prodigal Genius. And, it, and there's a lot of mythology in it, a lot of dialogue uh, for con- conversations that the author couldn't have been present in, no footnotes. It's, a, it's, it's kind of a comic book and it's exciting mm-hmm. and it, it drew me in. But it's not, it, it, my, my original script had that kind of material where it was more about the superhuman gifts of this man. But one of the bedeviling things about Tesla and maybe why there hasn't been a movie made about him is that there's no known romantic relationship in his life. He was very closed off to that. And what he was either hiding from or repressing, I can't really speculate about, but it's, it's poignant. There's mm-hmm. a part of him that was so channeled into his work and in, into the mysteries of the universe that the, the actual idea of being involved with someone and l- trusting someone with his inner life didn't quite happen. And, and to have this woman who, who, was, who turned out to be a very strong woman, as she grew up, she became a philanthropist and a suffragette, uh, you know, one of the richest women in the world. She was very tough-minded. And so to give her her due and to have her be on, to, to insert her in the story, even though it's kind of defiant 
they did know each other. They had dinners. He invited her to dinner. <laughs> you know, they had letters. But mm. to, but I've exaggerated her role, and it was to the point of making the story more emotional. Great. Uh, you know, we, we're, uh, we have one final question, which is. Um, you, you're a stalwart on, on the East Coast independent film scene, and I'm curious to get your perspective because now you've been to Sundance a couple times. Um, you know, coming out here and, and uh, you know and doing the, the you know the, the the press stuff that you have to do and, and presenting your film. Um, how you know it, it, is it a little bit disorienting to you to, to be out here compared to like you know when you're at Lincoln Center and, and, and seeing films there and, and with that in within that community? It's a fair question, but I, I'm I mean we're all, we're all we have to be from somewhere. I actually grew up in Kansas, so I'm, I still oh. feel I'm like a Kansas kid coming here, and it feels the big sky feels more like Kansas to me. I don't feel I've been here eight times actually with eight films, so it's it's always weird to talk about movies or about what you're doing because it's different than doing it. But I hope I I, I, I like to imagine that it'll draw people in and make them curious. So I, what was the question really? Was, this, is, this, is, this is a circus, but why not be part of the circus and enjoy it? So well, thanks exactly. for being friendly. Well, well it, it, it's great to have Tesla be part of that circus. It's been great to have you here. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> that wasn't too bitchy. Right. <laughs> our Park City, Utah Sundance interview with director Michael Amoreta. Uh, he directed the film Tesla with Ethan Hawke that comes out this Friday. And I'm excited because this was one of the few films that we didn't have the pleasure of watching beforehand. But it looks really interesting. And, and as we get into in the interview, I love that he's telling the story through the perspective of Anne Morgan, not through the perspective of Tesla. Uh, just adds a new twist to a story that people probably know a little bit about already so yeah we had no idea what we were, what we were getting into mm -hmm. in this interview and um uh it was it was really pleasant surprise and and michael was very cool um especially it was like an 8 a.m call time so yeah first um, thing yeah you never know what you're gonna get i mean especially us or them <laughs> first thing in the morning so yeah I watched the, the trailer right before uh, we're doing these uh, ins and outs for this Sundance special. And uh, the film looks really interesting. I was just telling um, the team that it looks like they incorporate present day technology while they're doing the biopic in the, whatever, I think the 1800s. So I'm interested in that. And Kyle McLaughlin's in it. I love Kyle McLaughlin. And Jim Gaffigan, uh, which I, if you don't know who Jim Gaffigan is, just look up his comedy. My favorite, my favorite thing of his um, uh, is his joke about Hot Pockets. So if you need a laugh, uh, just Google Jim Gaffigan Hot Pockets. It's one and of he, my favorite things. He was also potentially going to be part of this interview, which we were right. really excited about. But you I know, know. I just, it was a, it was I a really Sunday morning at Sundance, yeah. you know. I just want to talk to him about his Hot Pockets <laughs> joke. <laughs> it really has stayed with me forever. So anyways. <laughs> Find the film Tesla. It's out this Friday, streaming wherever you stream, and uh, we'll see you soon. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions.